Welcome to the Naples Community Church Podcast with Pastor Kurt Anderson. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you find this sermon inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you perspective to see God moving in your life. We trust God has great things in store for you. Enjoy today's message. So when I was in high school, one um, Sunday or Saturday afternoon, Dad and I had done the lawn, and I went inside, and he opened up the mail, and he tore up this, opened his envelope, and he said, what is this? I'm being asked, being asked to come down to the police department because I've been throwing water balloons. I said, Dad, that was me. So <clears throat> as, a, uh, as a kid, I would, with a buddy of mine, and, or with my buddies, on Friday evenings, we would load up a laundry basket of water balloons and just go through, through, through the city. He had a pickup truck, where his dad did, and we'd, we'd throw water balloons at other cars. And so this day in particular, I was out with a buddy of mine. I had a little, little convertible, and we, we stopped at a light and there were two really cute girls right in front of us. So we, we were in a perfect position. So we lobbed water balloons and, and uh, into the back of their car. And of course, we, we thought we were so clever. Her dad was behind us. <laughs> and so he, he called the police department. And my, my car was registered in dad's name. So dad was the one who was supposedly in trouble. So I went down to the police, police station that, that afternoon. And I showed him the piece of paper and I just said, you know, officer, this was, this was not my dad throwing water balloons, it was, it was me. And he, he just kind of, he giggled a little bit and he said, okay, well, go on, go on, get out of here. And as I was walking out, I opened the door and as it was closing, I, I heard somebody else in the police station say, dumb kid. <laughs> I was, I was a dumb kid. And, um, and yet, I, I learned from that experience, as we all learn from all kinds of experiences, from being dumb kids as we grow up, to honor and respect those who are in positions of authority. Certainly, our parents, our teachers, etc. But we, we learn as we go along to respect those who have been entrusted with with authority for what, I don't know what's going on with my voice this morning, <clears throat> I have to get it warmed up. But um, uh, we respect those people who have authority over us. And that's what the Apostle Peter is saying. Peter is writing during the Roman Empire while Nero is the Caesar. And the Roman Empire, the so-called Pax Romana, the Peace of Rome, was purchased at the price of human blood, slavery, of, of warfare, and, and hard oppression. And Peter, much like Paul, when Paul says to respect the governing authorities, Peter is saying here the same thing. This is the very, this is the very government that ended up crucifying Peter. And he says to respect the emperor, respect the king. This was one of the most brutal forms of government ever. Now this is a passage in, in Romans 13 as well that churches have been hesitant to look at because of what happened during the Holocaust. That horrific reality that 
that unfolded against so many people? Do we realize that the number one cause of premature death in the 20th century was governments? 60 million under Mao, 40 million under Stalin, 11 million under Hitler. And, and so these passages about honoring, respecting governing authorities have sort of fallen out of favor. Understandably so. But the Apostle Peter, when he writes this, is under the first century version of a, of a Hitler or a Mao or a Stalin. And when he writes, knowing that this is the kind of governing authority that is there, he still says that governing authorities are, are there because God instituted them. Maybe not them particularly, maybe not them personally, but the reality of governance and governing authorities are God-ordained. Now think about it. The story of the creation is the story of the Spirit of God hovering over the face of the deep, the abyss, which is the symbol of chaos in the Old Testament, water. We think of nothingness as being that which is anti-creation or non-creation. For the Jews, it was water. Water was the place of nothingness. And that was the source of God's creating out of nothing. But he brings order to the chaos. And the story of the scriptures and the story of God's relationship with us is that God brings order and maintains order. And he uses all kinds of of, of means whereby that is accomplished. So in the Old Testament, Jeremiah talks about how the Assyrians and the Babylonians are going to be God's, the rod of God's wrath against the people. And, and Jeremiah says those awful governments are going to be used as God's instruments. Now Jeremiah doesn't approve at all of how he goes about it, but he affirms that that God uses even pagan governments to do his will. That, that all of this is under the sovereign watch of God. Everything is under God's sovereign, sovereign care. So he makes these kinds of assertions and, and it makes it quite difficult for us in a time such as this when there is such uprising against any kind of governing authority or the, the questioning of the, the validity or legitimacy of governing authority. And, and this, this is associated with so much anger. Anger, which has as its, has its source, in this case, this, this pridefulness that, that sort of has associated itself with the congealing of particular groups within our culture. One side or the other, it doesn't really matter, but this tribalism that, that forms around hatred and anger and ultimately pride. Whether it's these skinheads of, of Northern Idaho or, or some of the other groups, the Antifa or whatever groups, I mean, they, they are tribal, they form around hatred. A common hatred. Now, 
This is so-called Pride Month. Pride Month. I want to share with you briefly from C.S. Lewis. The essential vice, the ultimate, the utmost evil is pride. Unchastity, anger, greed, drunkenness, and all that are mere flea bites in comparison. It was through pride that the devil became the devil. Pride leads to every other vice. It is the complete anti-God state of mind. Pride is spiritual cancer. It eats up the very possibility of love or contentment or even common sense. So rather than being Pride Month, whichever, whichever group tends to take on that, that title, what if it was a, what if it was humility month? What if rather than gathering around pride, we coalesced around humility? And whenever someone comes forward with a sort of a self-assertion of pride, that's over against someone. And the common teaching of our faith, as the Apostle Paul puts it, count others better than yourself. Is to be humble with one another. To put ourselves under the other. Submit yourselves out of love for one another, he says in Ephesians. Submit to one another. If I'm going to be prideful, then I have to put myself up over somebody else. And I have to do that which, as our Old Testament understanding of the beginning of the devil states, the story of, of Lucifer, the morning star rising up in the morning, aspiring to be like God out of ultimate pride to replace God. And then, of course, God rises up the sun and throws down Lucifer from on high. But that story of Lucifer, that story of the devil, which, which he refers to here, that C.S. Lewis refers to, is a story of pride rising up against God's authority. Pride, anger, hatred, tribalism. None of it's good. None of it is good. So rather than Pride Month, every month should be Humility Month. Every month should be a, an effort to, to discipline ourselves, our minds, and our hearts, to count others better than ourselves. Doesn't matter who they are, but to develop eyes to see the goodness and the image of God in one another in others, no matter what their state, so that we can look at others and, and look on with, with a deep affection. Now, how does God see people? If he sent his son to die for all flesh, who out there did he not die for? Who's out there that God was excluding as he sent his son? 
No, the, the content of Christian hope is that at the name of Jesus, every knee would bow and every tongue would confess that he is Lord to the glory of the Father. Let me ask this. Has anyone, anyone ever heard of Mickey James? M-E-H-K-I James? Mickey James. Three-year-old boy got killed last weekend in Chicago. There's another one-year-old and a 13-year-old. Over 100 shootings last weekend just in that city. Pride, anger, that's what it yields. That kind of ugliness, that kind of horrific acting out against one another, against our brothers and sisters. You have never met an ordinary human being. You know, I was fortunate for the family I grew up in, in the context I grew up in. I was fortunate that I had parents who loved me and, and, and I worked hard as an athlete and as a student. I did all those things, but I, I just did that because I thought that's what we're supposed to do. So many kids are growing up in a context where they don't know what to do. They don't know how to, how to live. They don't know how to proceed. So I was fortunate. And I was in a place where, where I could accept the teaching and the, the guidance of my parents and my teachers. Even though I, you know, I went through my rebellions as we all do. But I, I was fortunate, and I acknowledge that. And I'm always glad when, when I know of others who have had good family homes, but I, I also know of families that have had such horrific backgrounds that, that kids are, are having to go hard against the grain to get on the far side of it all. A little boy, like Mickey James, had no chance. Grew up in a place where he had no chance. But you look at his little face, his shiny little cheeks. What's not to love? What's not to love about any who are created in the image and likeness of our Father? There are, there's a guy out there, um, a guy named Sean King. He wants to bring out, down all the statues of Jesus now. That's stupid. <laughs> I mean, statues of Jesus, I mean, we're, we're, we're kind of against icons anyway. That's not that big a deal. But he's saying any, any statue of Jesus that looks European, 
Well, there are images of Jesus that look Asian. There are images of Jesus that look African. There are images of Jesus that, that address every single race on the planet because God came to us in Christ so that we might fully identify with our Lord and that our Lord might demonstrate his love for us. So of course, if we're gonna do a picture of Jesus, we're gonna make a picture that looks like us. We all do it. It's nothing to get up in arms about. Nothing to hate about. Instead, Sean King, I count you better than myself. Given the chance, I would humble myself before you. I would do what I could to demonstrate the love of God to you. To what end? You might come to know how much Jesus loves you. That you might accept him for what he is. He is your Lord. He's your Savior. He's the God who made you. The God who, until your final breath, will make every effort in divine power to redeem you. Sean James, Sean King. That's what I would do. That's what I would say. Given the chance. Earning the right to be heard. So our calling is not to get angry in response to anger expressed. Our challenge is to find our humility. Let's face it. It's easy to be bad. That takes no effort at all. It comes really naturally to do bad things. What comes hard is being good, doing good things, doing the right things. That takes discipline, that takes effort. That takes a challenge that God gives us as his children. And we behave as his children. We act as we're supposed to act, loving one another caring for one another, counting others better than ourselves, submitting ourselves to the dignity and the glory of one another, of the other. So this is no time to disengage. This is a time to engage even more fully with the love that our Lord has first loved us love of Christ which poured out from his body down the splinters of the cross pooling at its base that love which saves us will you join me in prayer so Lord May we submit, may we exercise the effort to be humble in relationship with, with one another and with others. May we pray for those who seem so very lost. And Lord, 
by the love that you have first loved, loved us. May we be a force of unity in our land. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. If you enjoyed today's podcast, there are a few things you can do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at www.naplescommunitychurch.org. If you happen to be visiting Naples, please drop in for our Sunday service at 10 a.m. We'd love to meet you. Thanks again for joining us. Have a fabulous day.